people of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope, and my guest today is actor Tom Michelson. You've seen this dude on shows like Pam and Tommy, How to Get Away with Murder, Jane the Virgin, Room 104, and that's not all. We had a delightful breakfast at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in Pasadena, so let's go. We have Tom Michelson today on Breakfast. Pick it up! Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue collar guys. Somebody screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All yeah. my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon pancakes Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Michelson, welcome to the Tiny Studio LA in NoHo. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I feel like I'm, I finally made it. You know, I get to hear the breakfast intro. I get to be in the Tiny oh. Studio in NoHo. I've made it, guys. I've made, I'm here. There you go. I'm glad to have you on the show finally, man. Yeah. We've talked about it for a while and it just like hasn't kind of... It was Schedules are like crazy, you know, sure, all over the place. Sure. So, so, Tom, you maybe have the distinction of having the most interesting breakfast listening experience of any person I know. I guess I'll just let you tell it. Sure. So uh, I can, I think, say for a fact that we listen to the breakfast podcast at our house every single day, probably more than any other household in the world, mm-hmm. in any of the countries that you have listeners to. And it's because so we rescued a dog um, a few years ago who's great, lovely, super cuddly and fun, but he has uh, separation anxiety. And whenever we leave the house, it was such a big issue. And one of the things I was researching and reading on is that sometimes playing a podcast where mm-hmm. you, you know, where your uh, dog can hear someone's voice is, would help them maybe relax and calm down and not be so stressed. So when I needed a podcast to, yeah. to listen to, the first thing I thought of, of course, was breakfast. Yeah. So uh, I started playing uh, Brent Fist every time we would leave the house for my dog. And I can say he hasn't torn anything up. And he started, and he's kind of become a relaxed pooch now. And, and we've been doing it for maybe two, two or a year and a half. I don't know. I remember telling you wow. soon after it started, but we've been doing it ever since. And so now I think, if my, I don't think you've ever met him, but when you do, he's going to be starstruck. Yeah. When we, he finally meets right? the Brent Pope from Brent Fist. So I get to listen to your podcast uh, almost every day and I listen to episodes Oof. over and over. And so does my dog Soba. And so we're big Brent Fist fans Look, uh, at our house. I feel like with my soothing voice and your one dog as proof. Yes. Just like the company Theranos, <laughs> we're ready to get this FDA approved. Yes. For as for, my voice for, yes, for and breakfast anxiety. as pooch anxiety. Yes. Although I have a second dog and that dog is very depressed. <laughs> so maybe we'll have to do some research. He but, was very happy before yes. he listened to He's, he's um, so loving, but uh, he, he's never bitten before anyone before. But he might when he meets you. Who knows? Because he's... Uh... Well, look, Tom, <laughs> when you're trying to change the world, Shoot. sacrifices have to be made. One, one breakfast plate at a time. Yeah, sacrifices <laughs> have to be made. So, yeah, we listen to breakfast all the time in our house. Oh, well. It's very flattering, and it's just, like, bizarre all at the same time. I love it. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, it's, you know, my, I was like, you know, I, I don't even... Because I don't listen to podcasts, really. So I was mm-hmm. like... 
what podcast do I, Breakfast. I was like, oh, yeah. my buddy's got one. That's the one. So we listen to breakfast all the time. Let me ask you this. Is your dog always trying to get you to take him to like different breakfast spots now? Like, uh, you know, he I'm does about, going outside. Yeah. How about that waffle place? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've been here, but I've heard about this place. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Try the breakfast burrito. to Roscoe's, actually. Oh God, you should have. Uh, yeah. yeah. How about some Venezuelan food? <laughs> exactly. Breakfast also teaches dogs to talk. Yeah, does a lot of things, cures anxiety and teaches speech. You heard it first here, guys. Mm-hmm. Breakfast, changing the world, one rescue dog at a time. <laughs> you mentioned you did spend a lot of time in Hawaii. I did. Yeah. Um, you were born in Palau, though, right? Actually, I was born. I was born in the state of Maine. You know, it's funny. Like, even though I was born in Maine, like by five months, I immediately had we had moved back out to the Pacific, where my mom's from, and so uh, that's why I don't really necessarily. I've gone to. I've visited Maine a few times, but uh, I'm. I definitely am. Pacific Islander kind of, you know, raised, even though I wasn't necessarily born there. Were one or both of your parents from Hawaii yeah, so, or Palau or yeah, something so like that? Yeah, so my mom's Palau, and so my okay, mom's from gotcha, Palau. Yeah, so gotcha. uh, my dad's from Maine, so I was born in Maine, and then uh, five months old, we moved out to Micronesia in the Pacific, and then that's where I was raised. And then um, I ended up in, in Hawaii uh, for school because, um, you know, you could get a better education out there than you could out in the, the boonies of the Pacific. Yeah. And, uh, and the school I went to was a boarding high school. So that's why I was able to kind of stay at school and board there, even though I was from uh, Palau. So now when when people ask, you know, if it's a quick kind of passing by moment, I'll tell people, oh, I'm from Hawaii because it's easier. Like I went to Hawaii and I stayed for college there, too. But originally I'm from Palau. Did you go to the University of Hawaii? Yeah, I went to University of Hawaii. Hawaii Rainbows? Yep, Rainbow Warriors. That's right. Rainbow Warriors. Mm -hmm. And the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. Very famous, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You got a good team. Yeah, very good team. So Palau, I know nothing about at all. I mean, what what am I missing from Palau? What's what's the cool? Give me the broad strokes. What's cool about Palau? So, um, yeah, you're not alone. A lot of people don't know anything about Palau, which is fine. It's a so it's a small island in the Pacific. It's so far over west that um, it's in the same time zone as Japan. Oh, um, yeah, and um, its biggest uh, the biggest most famous parts about it are its diving tourism for okay. sure, and diving. It's like number one for diving in the world. It was actually Japan's um, headquarters in the Pacific during World War II. Oh, uh, so there was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, World War II battles there, and so there's a lot of sunken battleships, uh, planes that have been downed, tanks that have been left behind. So wherever you go around the island, there's a lot of uh, history for uh, you know World War II, and of yeah. course diving and seeing that. And we have some of the most beautiful waters in the world. Uh, just like, you know, Hawaii and stuff. Right. Yeah. I grew up out there, not in America, which was very interesting because, you know, I have an American father and yeah. that's why I feel like sometimes people don't realize that I'm, you know, I, it's a lot of times I don't feel like I'm American, even though I really much am, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, but also, you know, Palau, as much as it is its own culture with its own language, everybody there speaks English. We use American money because okay. after World War II. The Americans uh, took over. And um, yeah, and here we are. That's interesting that you mentioned that, that they speak English. Mm-hmm. Is there another language that people also speak there? Yes, Palawan. Okay. Because I guess in the Filipino culture where I have a, a white dad, mm-hmm. uh, but my mom, mom's from the Philippines. Yeah. But if I go to the Philippines, I don't speak Tagalog. Well, first of all, there's many dialects oh, in yeah. the Philippines. So my wife... Like my, Ilicano, Tagalog. And, right. You know. And my mom's is Visayan, which is not... The same as Tagalog. Right. So I'll get a lot of guff from people here. They're like, oh, you're Filipino. Oh, do you speak Tagalog? And I'm like, no. And then it's almost like they don't consider me to be Filipino. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, it seems like it's probably a little different in Palau because everyone speaks English anyway. I would imagine it's maybe more similar because in the Philippines, 
I think a lot of people speak English there too, right? Like, or no, not so much. Maybe it depends it, on where you go. It depends on where you are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, for, for me, though, I definitely struggle with the same thing. Um, I, you know, just like you, I have a I have a white American dad and then I have a, you know, my mom's from Plow. And growing up in the Pacific, well, I was raised in a house very American, you know? Yeah. Because um, my mom, my parents met when my mom went to college in the mainland, okay. in, in Maine. So she was very invested in American culture at that time. And when we came home, we were living in that environment. And so I actually, and because everybody spoke English and in school, especially Micronesia, they're trying to teach everybody English. So they don't really speak Palauan and, or any you know, of, the, of native languages at school, really, or at least you're not even taught that uh, with instruction, I mean. So I don't actually even know that much Palauan. Like I know, very, I know more yeah. Japanese because I took Japanese as, a, as an elective. Ah. In high school and college, I know more Japanese than I do Palauan, which is really weird. So I get the same thing because if I'm in Palauan, then someone's speaking Palauan to me. And if I don't know what they're saying, then there's that look of judgment like, oh, geez, you don't even know. And then if I come out, then no matter where I go, you know, I'll come out to Maine. I remember visiting Maine as a child and my brother and I being the only kids with black hair, you know, for like miles and miles. And, And I just felt like people were getting looked at a little bit and standing out in that way. So I definitely have that feeling of where do I fit in and where do I belong? And, and Hawaii actually really helped me in that, uh, in that way, moving to Hawaii, because it's such a more of a melting pot with a lot of different cultures and a lot of different peoples. And no one, no two people are the same, almost ethnicity. Everybody's mixed with different things. And so I feel like Hawaii's become more of like a central home base kind of home for me. Yeah. Because it's, I get that island life when I get to visit and I get internet too. You know, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Pala has internet, but you know, like I get to watch a movie in the theater um, and things like that, which, you know, which is great. And uh, Palau is great for visiting and going back to, but I definitely feel like Hawaii is more of, Becoming a place that I can feel like can be mine. You yeah. Know? I'm not an outsider in that sense. God, so why, Hawaii is a place I really want to go to, mm-hmm. but maybe this will make sense to you. I feel the same way about Hawaii as I do about South by Southwest. The festival is like, uh-huh. I want to go there, but I only want to go there if I'm invited, <laughs> if I'm getting paid to go there or something. Right, <laughs> right. No, I totally like I, I can I can see that because there's um, so many shows that shoot or the few shows that shoot in Hawaii. Yes. Uh, and then I could go to South by Southwest any year I want to also. But I was like, I want to go there when I have a project there. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. No, that would make it so much sweeter to to get it covered like your, your house. Yeah. Where you're going to stay covered. Maybe your meals daily yeah. get to work there. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a lot sweeter, too. I, I've done something on my short list of things I want to accomplish is booking a role, booking something in Hawaii that's a good reason to go back and visit. And- well, that was the best thing about NCIS Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that now there's another show that shoots in Hawaii? <laughs> yes, I think it shoots yes. there anyway. It does, yeah. it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, and it's funny, I, last time I went back, my cousin drove me by their little lot where they film out in uh, uh, Kapolei side, actually. So, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm like, okay, now I know if I ever book, I know where to go now. If, <laughs> if I Is that the only here. show shooting there now? I want that's to a big one. there's... Let me think. So Hawaii Five O is done. Oh, Hawaii Five O is done. Yes. I mean, Lost is was there, oh, but like it was yeah, years Lost and years ago. Done. You know, maybe it's just a lot of movies and stuff. Like Netflix just recently had that interesting Goonies type movie. I can't remember the name, but it took place in Hawaii. Oh, okay. And they filmed there, and they had local actors there. Yeah. So and actually, even White Lotus. Uh, oh, that's filmed, right. Filmed in Maui. So I've, there's a lot of movies uh, happening out there. I know Hallmark shoots some stuff out there. 
So um, right now, maybe the only show is NCIS. Oh, Magnum. Magnum PI. Oh, that's, that's right. The other one. Magnum PI. That's the other one. Yeah, so we got two chances right now, at Here least. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, they're well, listening. Let's go. Yeah, book us, guys. We're uh, ready. Look, uh, if you need somebody that's like a, <laughs> yeah. a dad and uh, his, his nephew. <laughs> right. No, more like younger brother or uh, barely younger, like one year younger brother. Sure. We're Irish ready. twins. Yeah, if you need Irish twins. <laughs> Pacific Irish twins. Pacific Irish twins. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready. One more thing I want to ask you about Palau. Yeah. Is there, or Hawaii. What's the food where you're like, you got to have this? And I know there, I know some of the main foods, but like, there's got to be something where you're like, dude, this is something you can't get here. And totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I'll try to see, uh, keep it succinct for each. So in, in Hawaii, one thing that I have a hard time finding is really good Hawaiian plate lunch food. A lot of times out here, I feel like it's people's interpretation of it. And I don't know, I don't, can't quite put my finger on it. Sometimes it's like, let's say chicken katsu, right? Okay. Which sounds like a normal thing. Right. Uh, I've been to places here where they'll use like a chicken breast, which is a little bit drier than usually they use the thighs, I feel like, back home. So right. I'm like, okay, that's a little different, you know? Yeah, katsu used to be kind of juicy, yeah, which is not yeah, what you're going to get with the chicken juicy. breast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I feel like I finding a really good like Hawaiian plate lunch place that's a good price and also, uh, you know, has like the right kind of flavors and textures. I think that's a hard thing to find. Um, in Palau, there's a lot of really interesting, unique food. One of my most favorite things is a dish called the muk, okay. which is a uh, taro leaf soup, but it's a very thick hearty soup that um, is very viscous even mm-hmm. um, and it's just full of taro leaves and I, I don't know how what they put in it to make it that good but it also looks so unappetizing it's this yeah. really dark green slop that well, looks like what you'd feed to the pigs but I swear to you it tastes so good you did say viscous <laughs> which is usually an adjective only attached to oil right. you know <laughs> the viscosity is beyond exactly. belief or yeah. sometimes syrup so a good or syrup, syrup viscous yeah, or, or uh, but yeah yeah I remember being a kid uh, thinking like god that does not look good but it tastes so good I think the most similar thing for people who might be able to experience it if you've been to Hawaii and you've had squid luau which yeah. is a similar thing which is you know green but it's more seafoody. that's like like a uh, Hawaii version of that. So that's something that I love and plow that. If you go, you must get. I don't know the answer to this. How did spam become a big thing for the Philippines <laughs> and for Hawaii? I think I know this one. It's because of World War II. Oh. Uh, when uh, they needed to get food out to the soldiers out there, spam could survive the shipping all the way out yeah. there. And it was cheaper than actually trying to get meat and livestock and stuff. So they would just can it and yeah. ship it and fly it. And they would even, I think in plow even, they would just drop it from the sky like rations, you know, mm-hmm. over like certain bases. So they wouldn't have to land and stuff. So oh, um, so that's how it and, it, and then they would start giving it to the islanders because before then, everything they would eat is not processed and, yeah. uh, you know, fresh and uh, and not seasoned sometimes. So when them eating spam was like them having crack for the first time. They're like, holy <laughs> crap, this has so much flavor. Yeah. This goes with everything. Yeah, yeah. True. And that's why it blew up and it's become, you know, I think the thing it is out in the Pacific and the Philippines. There's a place called Jollibee oh, out yeah. here, at least at the one I go to in, in Pan Arab City. They don't have spam anymore. You know, so I, I so I don't go there anymore, <laughs> so, Tom. <laughs> so this is uh, this is our rant for Jollibee. Yeah, um, I actually have only eaten there a couple times because um, they're uh, I don't know if I think they now have them in Hawaii, but 
I never got to have them until I came out here. But so I didn't know they had spam. I know they had fried chicken. I know they have spaghetti yeah. and uh, it's basically like a little spam slider you get or something uh, like that. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like it's a real uh, mistake on their part, and we need to write some strongly worded letters, know, right, to what Mr. A, Jollibee. What is the thing you get where it's like the spam wrapped in the musubi? musubi. Oh, so um, that is my jam. Uh, so that's one thing that also I, I hate about not living in Hawaii anymore is that Seven Eleven. You can go to any 7-Eleven mm-hmm. in, in Hawaii and they got a little hot kind of tray of Spam Musubis. They've got, you'd call them baos out here, like the Chinese ones. But oh, sure. Manapuas, you'd have like shumai, which they call pork hash. And so you, like you could go, if you want a quick snack, you can go in and for less than, you know, like two bucks or sometimes... Uh, sometimes even a dollar you can get a musubi or get some snacks yeah. for the day or for the beach. And here, you, you would never go to get food at 7-Eleven unless you were in some sort of crisis situation, right? There used to be a place on uh, Ventura called Take a Bow, which was B-A-O. Oh. Yeah, which uh, the Filipino, they call it something else. I'm but if I heard it, I would yeah. recognize it. Yeah. yeah. Shopau. Ah, Shopau. Yeah, they call yeah, it Shopau. Yeah, yeah. And I like those. I don't like the ones with the sweet meat as much, where it's mm. like kind of reddish sweet. Yes. I like the ones that's a little more salty. But that, Sometimes it's their version of the barbecue pork. Yeah. It's a little bit too but sweet. But that dough, I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know how that they... Is it, is it steamed? Is that how they get it? It's, it's steamed. A very, yeah, that white... Yeah, you yeah. can have a baked one. That's the more the traditional mm-hmm. kind of brown. But yeah, the steamed one is... That's yeah, that's the that. one I always see. Yeah. It's like dim sum. God, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's switch over to like some of your acting stuff, yeah, man. Because yeah. I, I think it's interesting too because I, you know, I think you and I had... I don't know where we met. Did we meet through your friend Anne? Yes, yes. Yeah. Anna Kilo. Um, fun, uh, who, hilarious, talented actor. I met through like just a uh, group of people that were just making videos and stuff together. I think this is maybe like right before you started booking stuff. Yes, so, it was right around the time I had just moved. Are we So, yeah, we met uh, when, when Ann asked me to come out and hang out with you. It was more of like a, hey, you know, we're we're starting in this industry. We're coming up. Let's meet mm-hmm. with a let's meet with a bona fide actor who's like, <laughs> doing it, you know, like and then he not, wasn't available. So you're like, well, what about Brent? How about Brent? <laughs> yeah. And then you came and sat down for some reason, started talking to us. No, no, no. And we really hey, were like, guys. hey, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's talk to like someone who's working in Hollywood and it is where we would want to be. And that's that's how we met and yeah. so I remember meeting it was very thank you for meeting with new actors who are you know coming up into the industry and that was very nice of you to even do that yeah well I thought I showed up early enough where you guys wouldn't be there yet and then I could just like <laughs> leave and leave a note uh, be like oh I tried you didn't show they were if you're not yeah. 50 minutes early you're exactly. late and then you're like exactly. same oh, the 201 gotta leave <laughs> thank yeah, you yeah. Uh-huh. no I, I think it's I think it's an important thing to do is like we're all somewhere on a path of where mm-hmm. we want to go and so there's people that I that have helped me and advice is not even the right word it's just like talking about your experience and just letting people know that it could be different things and things like that right and so I thought it was great and Anne is such a sweetheart and yeah. so talented yeah and you're also an actor uh, <laughs> you're also what we were also no, there <laughs> no look I went to one of your, your guys' groundling shows uh, and it was you guys were both you both just killed it so um, awesome thanks but you know yeah. like, echoing what you said I, I've, that's one thing I've learned in this industry too especially being here is that I think the best way to thrive and survive is to pay it forward you yeah. know and, and be there for other people and and because that kind of stuff comes around. And right. whether you, you believe in karma or not, even if you don't believe in karma, like if you help another actor out and um, or you refer them to somebody, to an agent or manager, or you give them advice when you can, 
when an opportunity comes up, like those, they'll remember you, right? right? And so, you know, not that you should be doing things because, you know, you want something out of it. But I really do believe that, especially in this industry where it's about who you know and, you know, um, and and getting and letting people know who you are. Right. um, It really helps to, yeah, to help anybody who is in this industry too, because we're all in it together, all trying to come up, right? Yeah. And and people are going to remember you regardless. Yeah. So if you're a dick, they're they're going to remember remember that that too. They're going to remember that. And they're going to... Quietly tell everyone, oh, yeah, he's kind of a dick. Yeah, they're like, that yeah. guy, don't, yeah, don't hang out with him. So I made you guys sign this NDA mm-hmm. before I started being a dick, just so you were not allowed. This is true. No comment. <laughs> we met at a Steampunk Cafe, which yeah. closed immediately when the pandemic oh, came did out. It? Yeah. Oh, did no. it? I've told this story on the show before, but it bears repeating that the owner of the building would not give them any break on rent. And in fact, when they closed, he turned it into a mask store. So what? Yeah, there's a yeah, it sucks. There's been so many mom and pop shops I've seen closing, yeah. and the signs outside just say like couldn't afford rent or right. You know, and it's just right. man, what are these building owners doing? You know, As, I mean, it's it's not. There's no right one right or wrong answer, but it's sure. like, but it's like we're all trying to just like we're all trying to to survive in Hollywood. We're also just trying to live, and no one in expected this was going to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this: What was the first show that you booked? Uh, the first show that I booked was um, Jane. The Virgin. Ah, oh, wow. Yes, that was my first uh, first co-star, first thing I booked in Hollywood. And, uh, you know, and any actor um, will always remember that first thing that yeah. really made them feel like, okay, I'm maybe not crazy for trying mm-hmm. to pursue this. Yeah. People can see what I think exists and, uh, and I'm... Uh, like as Sally Field said, you love me. You really love me. You know? It's such, I mean, it's such, this is going to sound melodramatic because we are, after all, just, we are actors. We're so actors. But like the when you get that first TV show, oh, I mean, it is a huge, huge weight. And then I feel like it's just because you got the one and you have that one credit, it almost makes it like five times easier to get the next one. hundred percent. I think that it's a catch-22 situation. Like, you know, people want to know that, you know, you you, know, you could book and you can work on set, but you need that first opportunity to book and work yeah. on set. And if you're not given that or if you don't, if you can't convert that, you know, down, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, you're kind of stuck in this weird situation where, you know, like, you know, I'll bu- I'll put you in stuff if you book more. It's like, well, if I book, then, you know, I, yeah. you put me in stuff. So, <laughs> so, yeah, getting that first one on Jane the Virgin was uh, so freaking huge and amazing. And I think it actually helped that in the end, it ended up being uh, uh, having no lines. It was it was a weird kind of maybe featured not I don't want to say featured background because I, I it was a co-star. Well, there but. are co-stars that don't have lines. Yeah, yeah. so it was a no-line no co-star, which I think helped because, you know, walking onto a set, almost, it's almost like going zero to 60. Yeah. And, you know, you're on there with the other actor who's a very, you know, well-known person who right. you see all the time. There's 40 people on and on a sound studio, on a set. They give mm-hmm. you a trailer. All of a sudden, you yeah. just hit the big leagues. Right. I was like, if I had any more to do, I would probably shut the bed. Yeah. <laughs> so it really worked out that I think it was a, it was a co-star with no lines and because it just helped me kind of get that under my belt. Jane the Virgin, I'll say this from my own perspective, I think I've auditioned for that show more than any other show. Oh, I don't know if I knew that, really? Probably, I want to say like 12 times. Holy crap. And never booked it. Really? I think maybe I was pinned once. Mm. Maybe they heard you talk. And that's why they, because for me, when they heard me talk, like, we're not going to give them lines. So maybe yeah. They, maybe they heard your voice. <laughs> I should have negotiated. Yeah. Hey, uh-huh. do you have any, like, non-speaking words? Like, oh, well, in that case. 
<laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, I ha- I always had a lot of fun auditioning at that office, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, the Radford lot, right? Yeah, on the Radford lot. Yep, yep. I always thought it was super fun. It was like one of those, you know, again, this is like first world problems. We're like, oh, yeah. oh the, the, the the auditioning room is so close to everyone else outside. They can, because you can kind of hear people's oh, yeah. auditions Sometimes there, you know? Sometimes that happens, yeah. And that's yeah. another kind of, um, you know, some mental gymnastics you have to kind of <sighs> like, get with, around. Yeah. Because you're like, wait, he's making the choice that I was going to make now that, you know, and that oh, becomes yeah. this big thing. Or like or you're, you're like, oh, well, should I do that? Or you're next, and all you hear inside is like, ah! <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. We'll see you on set. Okay, uh, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the worst <laughs> is when you're about to walk in, they're like, it was so great. They're on a first name basis, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so great seeing you again. Okay, I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you at the thing tomorrow, right? Okay, cool. All yeah. right, bye. Who's next? Is it this Tom Michael Mickelchon? Okay. Tom. Yeah. It's Tom. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you know how to pronounce Michelson, but not Tom? <laughs> yeah. I just remembered we ran into each other on that same Radford lot after a Brooklyn Nine-Nine audition. That's right. And then we went and had lunch. Yeah. We went in for the same uh, janitor guy, Irish, you know, Islander, Pacific Islander twins. There you go. That's right. <laughs> that, we neither one of us booked. I know I yeah, didn't book it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. book it. I okay. didn't book it. But I yeah. was pinned for that show a couple times, too. That was one I really wanted to be on. Oh, I, I would have loved to be on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Same. It's one of my one of my favorite shows. I don't remember who booked this part of it. It was one of my friends. It might have been. But the one where I like really wanted to do it, and I think I was pinned for it, was they were getting married. Oh, uh, Adam Sandberg and, was getting married to, to Melissa Romero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, no, yeah. it is her, the character. Yeah, the character. Yeah. Sorry. And they were getting married, and he was having a uh, Yakatama Plaza cake delivered. <laughs> and there's a character that was the guy who was delivering the Yakatami. Yaka, is Yakatomi Plaza? It's the Die Hard Plaza. Yeah, the Die Hard Plaza. Yeah. yeah. I think Yakatomi. Yeah, Yakatomi yeah. Plaza cake. And I was like, oh, I really want that. Because, you know, it's going to be like high, high visibility. <laughs> it'll be high vis- And it'll be probably, it's probably a gif. Like, right. You know what I mean? Yep, like, yep. yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't get that one. Anyway. It's okay. Uh, on to but the next yeah, there's one. Like, an actor. It's so crazy. There's so many cool shows that you're almost on. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you're on then sometimes you're on the shows you really love. And then sometimes oh, you're yeah. on shows that like you have known nothing about and you become a fan of the it's just all sorts yeah, of Yeah, that's happened to me a couple times. Um not to jump ahead, but Pam and Tommy was like that. Yeah. Tell um, me about Pam and Tommy. Yeah, that was um that was the most recent show I was on. And um it was uh interesting experience um because for me, I, I didn't know much about the show. I knew it was going to be about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. And, you know, it's one of those things you think you know what's going on. And so uh, when the show finally came out, I just started watching it just to get an idea. And then uh, I got hooked. It's a yeah. really good show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It, it was, I don't think they, you know, definitely it's, of course, everything's, you know, dramatized. But if you, um, or dramatized, I mean. But um, if you, it, I don't think they pull any punches in terms of making anybody look like too, right. too good of a, you know, too much of an angel or making anyone look too, too bad. But um, yeah, I got to do a scene with Seth Rogen, which was really cool. Awesome. And that was um, uh, an interesting moment because he's definitely one of the bigger A-listers that I've ever got a chance to work yeah. with. And it's always an interesting thing when you see them in real life and you're like, oh, you're, um, you know, you're maybe, oh, I didn't know you were that tall or that short. Or, yeah. You know, it's always that interesting thing. And we got to do a little scene, and that was a fun scene to do. I improved a little moment at the end um, of my scene where I go in and because he in the scene spoilers if you haven't seen it, it's very minor spoiler. <clears throat> Seth Rogen's coming back to his old apartment to grab to grab the tape uh, that he had stole, and um, he goes into the bathroom and he hid it in a vent. So I'm just a construction guy, a handyman there. Yeah. In the meantime, and when he's leaving, I, I am probably more of like looking back in the room, like, what the hell was he going after? And the director was like, oh, that's so great. You know, like, yeah. let's do that again. And we did it a couple of times. And it's now that, you know, I'm I'm booking and working more, like even just feeling that co- little bit of confidence as an actor to like, 
to remember, you know, I'm here to help move the story along and yeah. I'm here to contribute, right? Right. And I don't want to overstep, you know, I'm not going to be like, so Seth, here's what I'm thinking. I'm not going to do that. But it was nice to kind of, again, uh, similar to that first moment of like, I'm an actor, I booked a co-star. Now to be able to be like, I'm an actor, you know, I can contribute and be part of this on set. I'm not just some, you know, background prop, you know? Right. Yeah, you definitely could be on set and, and contribute, uh, despite all the letters I've sent to the various <laughs> shows. Uh, <laughs> yeah, after sending all the, le- all the, all the letters about There's only B. room for one, Tom exactly. Michaels. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, the cool thing, too, I think, is like, I think I've had a similar thing. Is like most of the shows I booked are like pretty big shows. Oh, yeah. You know, they're not like... Because there's a bunch of shows, and not that any of the shows are less important, but there's sure, like some sure. shows that are like network shows. Everybody's seen the commercials. Yep. Everybody's aware of them. Right. And so when you say like, oh, I was on uh, How to Get Away with Murder, everybody knows about that show. Yes, everybody yes. knows about Jane the Virgin. Right. But then um, when, whereas HBO, you know, the Room 104 show, mm-hmm. not a lot of people know about that. And that was probably one of my bigger roles that I've had so yeah. far, uh, which is a lot of fun too. But yeah, again, exactly. It's more, there's a little bit, uh, there's a little more excitement behind it if everybody's heard of it and it's right. everybody knows it. It's a show everyone talks about. Well, Room 104, I'm interested in that because yeah. it's one of those like kind of horror, ridiculous yeah. type shows. So you preparing for that type performance, is it a lot different in your mind? It wasn't. And it's, so this, and, and I will say this episode that I was in was even more out there. Yeah. Um, so the for those who don't know, Room 104 was kind of like a Twilight Zone where um, every episode was different, but they all took place in this weird motel in Room yeah. 104. So right. every story was different with different actors and different things happening. And sometimes it was supernatural. Sometimes it was sci-fi. Yeah. And so the episode I was in started maybe at the dawn of time um, with uh, Kevin McKidd as some like, you know, warrior in like uh, fur and garb uh, yes. having an eternal sword battle. Right. Um, and and so what ended up being a Highlander, Highlander inspired episode. So he's the whole t- first 20 minutes is him in like, you know, and in, in some like ancient prehistoric lands speaking, you know, uh, speaking almost Shakespearean and having eternal magical battles. And but and then he falls into a portal. Yeah. And he lands in room 104. And I'm now I'm in. And so my scene is I'm I'm a dad with his kids and his wife playing Monopoly on the bed when he lands yes. through the ceiling. Yes. So I remember reading the script like, what the hell? This is really <laughs> crazy. And even watching the episodes even weirder because, you know, especially if you watch room 104, it's, it takes place in our time today. And all of a sudden the first 20 minutes is like some right. old prehistoric battle. So that one was a little bit different. And that was a lot of fun, too, because there was a stunt involved with Kevin McKidd having to yeah. fall. He had to jump off of a ladder onto the bed. Oh, I was um, wondering if he... Yeah. yeah, so that's how they did that. But um, so it was a little bit different because uh, no matter what, like, you know, I had to remember my part of this story is to have that juxtaposition happen when mm-hmm. he comes in from this magical place. And and so I'm not... My part of it is not, not necessarily inspired by all that supernatural craziness. Yeah. So when I was preparing for that, I was I had to remember I'm... I'm coming in for this to be huge, a huge juxtaposition and be weird and and be as normal as possible of this guy with this, you know, like dressed in like all these animal furs with yeah. like this huge sword just landed right in the middle of me, right? <laughs> Out of a, a portal of like lightning, which right. is how it was described. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing that was really funny about that too is when I arrived on set, the my wife and kids were extras and my wife was like blonde hair, blue eyed and the kids were blonde hair, blue eyed. So I was like, who's the milkman in this universe? Because I was like, these kids don't look like they're uh, Pacific, they're Micronesian. Right. They're Pacific Islander like me. I'm pretty sure they don't have slipper tans like I do. Uh, (laughs) But uh, okay, no problem. 
<laughs> slipper tans. Now, I notice you call them slippers. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. California, a lot of people call them flip-flops. Sorry, flip-flops, yes. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I think this is an interesting uh, nomenclature. Mm-hmm. of the, Is that the right word? I don't know. Maybe, Things yeah. that they call... You're calling slippers? Yes. Flip-flops? I think a lot of... Because what yeah. I've learned since I've moved out here is that slippers are what you wear inside. Yeah. Right? They're, they're, which makes sense. They're a thing you slip on. But yeah, that's that's a thing I... I there's a few kind of um, sayings or phrases that I still say that I think are just ingrained into my DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's like, you know, but mostly it's like Hawaii kind of like slang or um, or the, you know, speech. And slippers is one of them. I, I, I can't... Call them flip flops. It just hurts my ears way too much. Yeah, yeah. The other one is um, when you're when I'm describing uh, singing, uh, you know, to lyrics on a screen. Okay, it's, it's karaoke. Okay, I can't yeah. say karaoke. Yeah, like it just hurts my heart because yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think uh, I hear look, Marco in the, no. from Hawaii laughing in the in the booth about that. But yeah, I totally I agree with you <laughs> in my head. I agree yes, with you, right? Yes. It should be karaoke. But then I also think like, oh, if I say it like that, people are gonna be like. You're not Japanese a-hole. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, and okay. Let me, let me, uh, let me clarify yeah. that. I'm yeah. not judging anyone else for saying it wrong. I'm just saying I can't say it wrong. So, I mean, yeah. I can't I can't bring myself to always call it karaoke. I, I just have to say karaoke. And I know people look at me like, what are you trying to do? Oh, especially out here. Yeah. But, you know, if you're in Hawaii, no one's going to. No, no, no. Yeah. Everyone will look weird if you say the other thing. Same with slippers. I mean, if people want to call them flip-flops, that's fine. I just can't I bring myself look, to do it. I feel the same way about the street. The, everyone calls Los Feliz, and we know it should be Los Feliz, right? Oh, actually, what do they call well, yeah. No, they Is call it Los Feliz. Los Feliz. Oh, Los Feliz. Like Los Angeles, yes. right? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, where it should be Los Feliz. Los Feliz. But then people are like, well, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, that makes sense, though. But yeah, see, I'm, you know, I'm not being from LA. Like, I, I'm not growing up with Spanish, even. Right. I wouldn't necessarily know that. So that's good to know. Yeah. I'm going to say Los Feliz now. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, I got so, you, Brent. I got you. Nice. And I feel, I don't know if this is a Midwestern thing or a Filipino thing, but I feel like a lot of people I know call them thongs. Which... I've heard that too. I think that might be an, uh, a, an uh, I almost said American thing, a Midwestern thing. It might be a Midwestern I thing. Think, I think that's more, I've heard that too. So you're saying there are certain things you say that might have like a slightly different meaning. Yes. Gotcha. So that makes a, that makes a ton of sense to me because you're always saying like, oh, Brent, I don't respect you. <laughs> and so uh, that must mm-hmm. mean like that you really respect me. Is that like a Hawaiian thing? That's one that means exactly what it, what I'm saying. But uh, <sighs> okay. and there are other okay. things D- too. Duly like, noted. Yes. Yeah. Like when I say nice shirt, that's a real big diss. Okay. Uh, you, oh, uh, that's why every day you think you have nice shirts. But whew. oh my god, I've been post every day. I've been posting like <laughs> every time you do that, I would literally post myself a selfie for, on Instagram yeah, that day. And then, you know, notice every time I post on your comments, I'm like mm. nice shirt. Like yeah. that's the tone. I want you to remember that. Like, yeah, and I'm always <laughs> like hashtag feeling good. You know? yeah. yeah, but then I'm, and then I always second that, but like hashtag feeling good. Like that's, I just want you to know that's how, that's the tone. I really thought you were also feeling good. Oh no, boy. I'm feeling good about how hilarious you look, if anything. But. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Brett and I can riff for a very yeah. long time. We'll try to have, um, it's not be riff talk. Well, hey, before we go any further, we yeah. did have breakfast at Roscoe's Chicken Wobbles, an absolute staple in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, there are several locations. Yes. Uh, I, you live closer to, and I prefer to go to the one in Pasadena just because the line is not out of control. Oh, yeah, usually there, right in, yeah. What do you think of Roscoe's Chicken Waffles? Uh, it was great. You know, so and you know, I love the opportunity of doing the show because it's one of those things, like you said. I live so close, but I, you know, I, because I'm so close, I, I don't go. So it was great that we went because um, I got to have it again. And yeah, like they make a mean waffle. 
I yeah. was very surprised because uh, I don't, you know, whenever I'm getting like a breakfast thing, I would feel like it's more, especially like a carb type thing. It's usually pancakes or French toast. I don't usually get waffles, but I was like, damn, this is a pretty good waffle. Yeah. Of course, they they crush fried chicken. So it's a skinny. I had to do the fried chicken and waffles. Right. I believe it's a skinny buckwheat waffle, I think. Oh. Uh, it's skinnier than, let's say, the waffle you get if you. Let's oh, see. if you made it at home or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Or if you have the waffle maker at the at the hotel. Yes. Like the yes. big thick, but uh, it's also wider. It's like yeah. the size of a. So it's not plate. a Belgian waffle, like oh, it's yeah, like yeah. yeah, right, right. Is that what the thicker ones are Belgian? I think maybe? that's what it is. Oh yeah, and I think that's my preferred one. That was one of the better waffles I've had at Roscoe's because it, it was nice oh, yeah. and kind of crispy. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was that's really good, crisp, and of course with the butter and the syrup. But they, like, damn, this is good. They do some of the best fried chicken though. Oh yeah, it's really good, like that's, and that's probably why they're um, so famous. Yeah. You, so you had like some dark meat chicken mm-hmm. uh, with a waffle. Yep. Anything else? And an iced tea, which at oh, first was yeah. sweet. They gave us <laughs> sweet tea. We didn't ask for sweet tea. Ask, but they gave it, it to us, but then I loved it. Yeah, I usually, but it was, it was a good kind of sweet too. It wasn't yeah. like too crazy. And I was like, I'm going to keep drinking this. Yeah, it was real good sweet tea. Yeah, it was um, really good sweet tea. I don't know. What the made it real? It was unsweet. <laughs> oh yeah, and I got a refill that was not sweet, and I was yeah. like, "Well, that was good too," because that's because yeah. that's uh, what I wanted. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I had also the grits there. Um, yeah, how was that? I'm oh, I, I've been into grits a lot recently. It's hard yeah. to get it at a lot of places or where they make them really well, but like they make the grits, I think, pretty legit there. And grits is something I've only kind of discovered, you know, in my adult life. Like, yeah, moving out to the mainland, so. Oh, to, to eat grits right, do you put butter in it? I think I've heard that. There's several ways. I mean, I mostly, plain? mostly you put, I don't, usually it's not plain. Usually there's uh, butter in it already, I think, oh, but okay, you okay. can put more butter in it. Got it. But there's also the whole thing, are you going to make it savory or sweet? That's why it's very versatile. Uh, you could put like syrup in it or something, and that's completely legit. I put like a, like a hot sauce, like a red rooster Ooh. in there. It's like, it's pretty good. That's what I like to yeah. go with. And then I put my eggs on top of it too, because it's, it's almost like the eggs soak into the thing, and it's like that's yeah, good. that sounds good actually. Whole mishmashy yeah. type thing, yeah. Because you know? um, and that kind of reminds me of not that you would make it, uh, you know, you put hot sauce in it, but like poi in Hawaii, like you yeah. can either have it plain or you can add sugar, and you can mm-hmm. have it different ways depending on what you like. And um, I have always, um, yeah, I think when I was introduced to grits, I was told. That, yeah, you put butter in it. But yeah, uh, yeah I saw you putting hot sauce. I was like, oh, shit. I, there was butter on it, good. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounds really good. You know, this reminds me of something that I always think sounds really good that's Hawaiian or I, that I think of as Hawaiian. And I've never had a good version of it. So I need to find a place where I can get a good loco moco. Oh, yes. Is that something where it's hard to get good at a restaurant and it's more like homemade or? I think that it's hard to get good at a restaurant, especially out here, because Depending on what your favorite part of the locomoco is, like let's say if it's the gravy, okay, you know, people make gravy different. So yeah. if it's the burger, uh, the patty, then yeah. you know how do they make their burger? Like what spices and what do they put in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it depends kind of on yeah if you want more of what what you're looking for more. I haven't like I said yeah I've had a hard time finding like really good Hawaiian barbecue out here, yeah. uh, and t- which to me means cheap and good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, so out here it'd be tough, but yeah back home you know we can find some spots. You know, you even have ones where you make, you put like uh, grilled onions in it too, in the gravy, Ah, or they have mushroom in it too. There's one spot that's one of my faves um, on Oahu. uh, It's uh, North Shore side. It's called Papa Ole's. And uh, they make 
they not only make an awesome loco moco, they have different kinds. They have ones with white gravy, white mushroom gravy instead of kind of the darker, uh, you know, beef broth gravy. So, and they all have grilled onions in it. So that place, when we go to Hawaii for that show we book, yeah. I'm going to bring you there. Oh man, that would be that would be so much fun if we both Dude, booked the show. I don't time. think we would work. That would be way <laughs> too fun, yeah. It did happen to me once where a guy that I knew, we had taken some class together like 15 years ago. Uh, before I was even, when I was just like messing around with like sketch and not even really yeah. seriously doing acting, going to auditions and stuff. And he was already doing stuff that I had met. And then like, I booked a show like 15 years later and we both booked the same episode of a, of a no series. Way. Yeah. That's and it was, it was awesome. so, and it was somebody that I would talk to like, you know, every year on his birthday, I'd be like, happy birthday, dude. How you yeah. doing? And then, but other than that, we never saw each other. He lived in a completely different part of LA. And even if you live in the same part of LA, Sometimes it's it's hard to see your friends like oh yeah like you and I will see each other what every three months maybe maybe yeah, yeah. exactly by choice on my end uh, <laughs> and I'm like he hasn't replied it says red but he hasn't replied that's me every night <laughs> oh is that a thing that says oh boy I gotta stop reading things I didn't want to tell you but you can turn that off but I won't because I want to know when you read when you leave me on read I, I want to know okay I'm gotcha, explain gotcha. How you turn it off. what I usually do is I read it and then I hit one letter on there and then just let it <laughs> so you get the three dots I got it <laughs> or and then like two weeks later you hit send and then the letter's just K K and it's like yeah. I Ask some questions. <laughs> Brent just replied K. <laughs> it's, it's not even one that could be known as a word. It's just usually like H. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to be like, hey, uh, do you want to eat at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles? Yeah, it's like P. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I did have fun going to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles with you. It was same. delicious. Yeah, um, I hadn't been there for a while. I, yeah, I'm definitely a mixer too. And that's why you like the Locomoco then, because you uh, mix it with egg, right? But I haven't had a good one yet, though. Like every time I've had it, the burger has been like this tastes like it was like one of those burgers I would, if I was doing a cookout and I had bought like a million burgers oh, yeah. and they're frozen. So the key to a good Locomoco is that the burger is good on its own. Okay. You know, because uh, a lot of people fall into a trap where they make, they're like, well, we'll cover it with the gravy and the yeah. egg. But really, if the burger's good, that's what brings the whole thing together. Right. Yeah, because so, you can no, tell I it's just you. I feel you. it's just like when somebody like they they have bo and they just cover it up with something. <laughs> I can still taste the bo. <laughs> taste I'm, the yeah. home. Look, yeah. <laughs> if someone's yes, Tom. If someone's underarm smell, what do you do? You go lick their underarms. But it's I, an insult <laughs> in the Philippines. This is what we do. I will not be judged. Yeah, you told me that was a cultural thing when I when you asked me to stick my tongue out and close my eyes. <laughs> That's and right. Then you touched your underarm to it. <laughs> You said that was a culture thing, and then you're like, now you have tasted the B.O. Thank you. Uh-huh. Now I know. Yeah, but, um, no. but yeah, no, exactly. It's like you're covering it up and trying to mask it when really you should be making, you know. Making like, it spending, taste making good, it good, and then everything else accentuates it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, well, I'll find a good locomotive. I'll let you know. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I would love to. Mm -hmm. Or if you can tell me how to just make it on my own. What do I need? Rice? Oh, yeah. You need rice. Well, you need the gravy, and you need eggs. And then the yeah. burger, of course. So if yeah. you already if you already have a good burger recipe that you like, yeah, then all we need to do is find out a good gravy recipe. Like, okay. if you, like do you like it watery? Do you like it thick? Yeah, do yeah. You put stuff in it like onions and mushroom, or do you want it plain? Oh, that does. So sound and good. then how yeah. do you like your eggs? You know, over easy, okay. scramble. over easy for sure. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, same, same. All right. Well, thanks for going to Roscoe's Chicken Waffles. Oh, me. thanks for having me. That was yeah. amazing. If you would like to get more breakfast stuff, such as pics of Tom Michaels and I enjoying our breakfast from Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, go to my website, brentpope.com. You can listen to all the breakfast episodes there. You can see clips from all my TV appearances and the official breakfast store with a bunch of fun stuff, shirts, mugs, stickers, masks, Tom Michelson, Hawaiian Palauan <laughs> slippers. 
Don't call them flip-flops or you will not. uh, If you buy the flip-flops on the site, that'll be something entirely different. Right. I hope you don't have flip-flops, breakfast flip-flops on your uh, site. Okay, good. Better not. $18.95. I know that's expensive, but they were (laughs) worn by Tom Michelson's feet. Yes. Yeah, you can taste the B.O. (laughs) (laughs) So get them while they're hot. That's right. Literally. (laughs) Literally. People of Earth, do yourself a favor by picking up something from the breakfast store. And if you enjoy the show, it really helps. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Breakfast. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Breakfast is now being enjoyed all over the United States and in 52 other countries. The latest, the Dominican Republic. So let's all have a glass of morir soñando. Welcome, Dominican Republic. And trust me, my Breakfast Burrito Brigade, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my studio engineer, Marco Leon, and everyone at the fabulous Tiny Studio LA, thetinystudioLA.com, for making me sound so good. Tom Michelson, what's next for you and where can we find you on social media? I perform Sketch live at uh, the Westside Comedy Theater. If you're in L.A. and want to come see Sketch, we, uh, my team, uh, Uninvited Guest, performs. It's a nice little spot, and so I'm on one of the um, one of the resident teams there, and we perform monthly, so there's live Sketch there. And uh, you can find me on uh, social media at uh, everywhere on Tom on the Mic, uh, T-O-M on the M-I-C. Hmm. Uh, it's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, I was going to say, maybe you'll have some fans and uh, you'll have some listeners in Palau now. Oh, yeah, because my cousins and all those fans, they're going to be listening. And so let me be know. Let me know if you get some listeners in Palau. Yeah, I'll, I'll look. I mean, Maybe 53 countries, people. Ooh, that'd be great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. How many countries are in the entire world? 200, like 300 some or something. Yeah, I don't know. I think I can get all of them. Yeah, we, yeah, we can get all of them. We're on our way. <laughs> Well, Tom Michelson, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, uh, always love talking to you. Yeah, same, bro. And with that, we put another Irish twin-worthy episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See ya. <laughs> I listen, okay? I know. Nice. Nice.